Good morning. It is Tuesday, the 27th of September. Welcome to your morning meeting, members. What happened overnight, Marcus? Good morning, Chichi. Well, we had a shocker yesterday, didn't we? We were down at 105 points this morning. Miraculously, our futures were up 17 and we are up 19 at the moment. Dow Jones was down 330. That followed the disastrous Friday fall as well. And that is the Dow Jones down 1.1%, which took it down over 20% from its all-time high in January. So that is in a bear market, as is the S&P 500, as is the NASDAQ. Not that that makes a jot of difference that they've all dropped over 20% now from the top. The European market's a bit quieter. UK was actually up a touch, Germany down a bit, and no particular reaction to the election in Italy. And the S&P 500, there's a good chart in the pre-market section today. The S&P 500 is sitting right on support at the moment. Will it break or bounce? Don't know yet. I'm sure we'll find out this week. Asian markets also getting a bit fruity. Japanese market down 2.7% yesterday, Chinese market down 1.2%. The biggest event overnight was another huge jump in bond yields. Things really are getting a bit extreme in the currency markets and the bond markets at the moment. You'll see the US dollar index up another 0.8%. That's a huge move for a currency in one night. And on the back of that, sterling is hitting an all-time low. And the British government put out their fiscal plan last Friday, and it was terribly received. They are spending a lot of money they don't have. And it was described in some of the news wires as a nightmare for some. And yet the Bank of England are saying they're watching interest rates and monitoring markets very closely after the pound has plunged. They need to jack rates up to get on top of inflation. Now they're going to have to jack rates up to protect the currency. Not sure they want to protect the currency. But anyway, it's a nightmare in the UK. Uh, Meanwhile, the Aussie dollar has dropped to 64.57. And that now is, if you remember, I said yesterday, Westpac put out a rather bold forecast last week that the Aussie dollar could drop to 65 cents. It's already gone below that four days later. Just ridiculous. In the commodities front, BHP and Rio were down 2% and 1.8% in the US. But today, having a big rebound from yesterday's massive sell-off in resources. Coal stocks as well, some of them were down 10-15% yesterday. They're up sort of 6-7% today, some of them. So there's a resources rebound going on for us, but the narrative is still about recession looming in the US, if not globally. The bond yield is inverted by 41 basis points in the US. Gold is just luckless at the moment as the US dollar goes up. That fell another 22 dollars, although some of the gold stocks actually mostly a little bit better today. Coal price was down 2.9%. All, as I say, coal stocks going up today. All the metal prices were down. Nickel down 4.9%. Zinc 3.5% down. The VIX volatility index is sharply rising at the moment. If you're supposed to buy when others are fearful, then that moment is clearly coming. And that's about it for overnight. So the message is US was pretty awful. Bond yield up, US dollar up, but our market, I think, overdid it with its 105 point fall yesterday and is having a rebound now. Thank you very much for that, Marcus. Leighton, over to you for our local markets and what the brokers say. Thanks, Chichi. So as Marcus was saying, it's a lot better start to the session this morning than we had yesterday. The futures were only up 17 points this morning, but we're currently up 32 points. 
and our high has been 38, so a lot better looking today. Resources and energy stocks are bouncing back and are the best performing sectors this morning, with coal stocks seeming to be the place to be. Whitehaven Coal is currently up 7.3% and New Hope Corporation is up 9.1%. It's making up a lot of those losses that they had yesterday. Woodside and Santos are also seeing some nice gains this morning. But the resources, stocks, Fortescue Metals, South32, Pilbara Minerals and Blue Scope Steel all making some nice gains, all up over 3% this morning. Lithium has also joined in this morning. Mineral Resources and, as I said, Pilbara Minerals, some nice gains there. And most of those stocks are actually in positive territory. REITs is the worst performing sector this morning. Financials, healthcare and tech are all starting to slip. They were basically unchanged this morning, but starting to slip away, as I said. Some of the announcements, Talga Group is up 15.2% as they signed a non-binding off-take term sheet with ACC. Siona Mining is up 8% as they awarded a four-year $200 million contract to Canadian company L Fournier and Phil's. And Motorcycle Holdings is up 6.6% after they were upgraded to buy at a broker. And Poseidon Nickel is down 4.2% after they issued a Black Swan feasibility study update. Looking at the calendar, there's nothing really of note locally. There's Chinese industrial profits and out of the US, we've got durable goods orders and new home sales. On to the brokers now. City has a note out that one of Zero's competitors, Sage, is looking to shift its business operations, become more of a competitor, and could pose a threat to Zero's UK growth intentions. Despite this, City has a buy recommendation and a target price of $106.80, which is implying a 35% upside there. And there was a few big target prices as well. There was one for motorcycle holdings from Morgan's. They had a target price of $3.42, which is implying a 40.2% upside and UBS has a buy recommendation for seven group holdings and their target price is $25.40 implying a 50.2% upside and that's what I've got for you this morning thanks Chi Chi thanks very much for that Leighton and we're straight over to you for your Henry's take Thanks, Gigi. Interestingly, there was a time many years ago when countries were pretty happy with low exchange rates. In fact, they tried to get low exchange rates and it was a method where they could boost their export cycles. And it was certainly something that a lot of countries were pretty keen on. Unfortunately, at the moment, we have a rampant US dollar, which, to be honest, is the biggest game in town. And equities are just really a sideshow in that. FX and bond markets way, way bigger than equity markets. So we are getting buffeted by that at the moment. So I just wrote a little bit today about that. I mean, the pound has been absolutely pounded, uh, heading towards parity with the dollar, which is extraordinary. That is an all-time low. I haven't seen that since the dark days of the 70s when we had strikes, three-day weeks, Edward Heath, Harold Wilson, and various other people in power in the UK. So uh, that is making life quite difficult for UK people when they want to go abroad and spend their money. But of course, it does help the UK index. The FTSE is held up relatively well compared to everything else because it's dominated by mining stocks which do do relatively okay when the uh, currency is uh, strong in US dollar terms. And that's certainly something that we're seeing here today. I'm just looking at a few things in the portfolio. I'm going to go through all the stocks that we have. Got 60% cash. So looking at some stage to put some money to work. I wrote up today Atlas Arterial, uh, which to me looks like a bit of an interesting situation. They had an approach from IFM, which wanted to look at their books and they have around 18, 19% of the stock. 
and of course Atlas Arterial told them to go away and in fact they've done a poison pill deal and they've bought a US tollway the Chicago Skyway and they've bought a big part of that and they've also issued a capital raise about three billion at six dollars thirty which looks as if it could be a bit of a gift horse that one so uh, interested in that certainly recommending uh, people look at that infrastructure assets long-term buys good inflation proofing as well and have you ever seen an empty road is also good so just a few things also taking some profits on tyro that was one we had in the small cap portfolio and it has done pretty well got a takeover offer which was not back sort of back of the envelope takeover offer so just happy to take half the money there at 127 and move on but certainly some of these resource stocks doing well today and the aussie dollar being below 65 is actually doing what it's supposed to do which has become that shock absorber in the resource system if you look at gold miners which have been absolutely trashed because bullion has come off as the us dollar has gone higher in aussie dollar terms the uh, price has moved two bucks in the last month so it hasn't done anything at all and we are seeing some of those inflationary pressures easing off container prices are coming down we're also seeing of course the oil price came down remarkably it's now below where it was before the ukraine invasion by russia so that does take some pressure off so maybe Maybe we're looking at a bit of a better environment and also just uh, toying with selling out of my hedge, which is the BBOZ, which has performed quite well in the last month against the index where the small cap portfolio has actually held up relatively well. So just looking at uh, unwinding that for the time being, especially at this sort of 6,500 level, which is where it got to back in June when we saw that big route then. That's about it from me. Thank you very much for that, Henry. And Marcus, over to you for your strategy and ideas. Yes. Well, on strategy, I think we need to drop the microphone because it's getting a bit repetitive now. There is no reason to be buying the market. I know we're having a little bit of a bounce today, but it's a little bit hollow in that it doesn't really have any macro drivers other than a rebound from yesterday. Our strategy portfolio is in 100% cash, which is where it should be at the moment. And our ideas portfolio has two ETFs, SNAS and BBUS, both of which go up when the US markets go down. So those are doing fabulous at the moment. And there is no reason to change those settings today. I mean, you can pile on the negatives at the moment, and I've listed them today. Apart from global inflation, you've got soaring bond yields, inverted yield curve, which heralds recession, soaring US dollar, collapsing pound, looming global recession, looming US recession, which means earnings forecasts are too high. So we've got a downgrade cycle ahead. We've got technical downtrends in all equity markets falling commodity prices, which are bad for us, a falling Aussie dollar. And I can tell you from an international investor's point of view, you do not want to be putting money into commodity currencies at the moment with a recession around the corner. And that includes the Aussie dollar. So if you buy Aussie stocks, even though you get the stocks right, you're going to get it wrong on the currency. So it just causes an international exodus from Australia and Canada. And about 40% of our market is in the hands of international investors who don't have to be there. So when they sit in their strategy meetings, they consider what the currencies are doing, and they'll be looking at the possibility of a recession and therefore the Aussie dollar going down and just backing off their asset allocations towards our market. On top of that, uh, we can throw in some geopolitical risks, Taiwan, Ukraine. So you see, you can see when the glass goes half empty, you can just pile on the negatives and obsess about them. But making money, as I've written today in the strategy section, making money is not about jumping on the bandwagons, particularly not jumping on the bandwagon late. A lot of these themes have already 
played out and are still playing out. Uh, our job is to be unemotional, objective, and to spot others losing their heads and taking advantage of them. Uh, so our game now is watching and waiting and ultimately timing when this sentimental, and it is a psychological wave, when this sentimental peak happens. Uh, and we're clearly seeing some sentimental e extremes in stocks, markets, bond yields, currencies. And at some point, stocks are going to bottom, markets will bottom, bond yields will, and US dollar will peak, and it will be game on again. So let's just recognize this. We are heading towards a fabulous buying opportunity. And one day soon, for some unpredictable reason, we're going to wake up to bond yields down 50%, the US dollar down 2%, the US equity market up 5%. And on that day, we'll have a lash at the equity market. But today, the computer says no. And I think the last thing you need to be doing at the moment is predicting the bottom of this market before it happens. It has to come. There are so many extremes at the moment, so many overbought and oversold trends, but uh, don't predict it, just wait for it. And we'll, of course, be all over it in this section, uh, but it could be a day away, it could be a year away, nobody knows. Let's just keep waking up in the morning and making decisions. And as I say, today, the computer just says no. And Henry's got the fear and greed index, I think, in his section today. And it's on extreme fear. And that's really the point. At some point, the fear of recession, fear of inflation, the fear of interest rate rises is going to back off. And that'll be the day. But clearly, it's not today. So our strategy settings, which is 100% cash and a couple of ETFs that go up when the market goes down, that will do us just fine for the moment. Thank you very much for that, Marcus. Let's move over to the question of the day. Who was your favourite teacher and why? Marcus, did you want to start us off? Oh, uh, my favourite teacher. It would be my chemistry teacher at Malvern College. And I can't even remember his name. And he wasn't really a, a favourite, but he was one of the very few teachers that I had an epiphany with. He explained Einstein's theory of relativity to us. It was not in our syllabus, but he explained it to us. And from that moment on, I took an interest in physics. He, sorry, he was our physics and chemistry teacher. And he also taught chemistry and he taught us about atoms and electrons and how they fitted together and the logic of the periodic table. And I just found that absolutely fascinating. I didn't find a lot of schooling fascinating, but the logic behind it all was great. And all credit to him for pursuing our education on chemistry and physics because uh, it was eye-opening. Can't even remember his name, but I remember thinking if there was one teacher I was going to go back to school say thanks for that mate it would have been him thank you for that Marcus and Henry how about yourself well Chichi I, I had a chemistry teacher as well unfortunately he didn't do the theory of relativity with us he did actually do liquid nitrogen experiments and froze goldfish and then whacked them with hammers which was far more dramatic and it always got a massive crowd it was the most attended event at school when he did the liquid nitrogen experiments on stage so he was a bit of a character but the most influential teacher on me was a guy who got made a baron by margaret thatcher with services to education was a guy called bob bulchin who was the headmaster of my prep school and he taught us english literature and he gave me a love of reading and a love of books a love of shakespeare a love of poetry and um it was eye-opening, I have to say. It was a world of literature, which I probably would never have discovered had he not been my um, English literature teacher. And I loved it and got good marks in English lit ever since. So there we go. Good grounding for lots of things. But uh, yeah, chemistry teacher was pretty good as well with liquid nitrogen. Wow, what an interesting story. But your favourite teacher who is a baron, wow. 
Mine's probably not as, well, mine isn't as exciting as that, but my literature teacher was also one of my favourites. They introduced me to the world of playwrights, like Tennessee Williams, um, and that's what put me on my path to loving the creative arts, I think. Leighton, and who was your favourite teacher and why? I've got a couple that I can pick from, but I think my number one favourite would have to be my primary school music teacher, Mr Chambers. He was just the nicest guy you could possibly imagine. Was exceptional at all instruments, could play pretty much everything under the sun and, yeah, introduced me to music and that's one of my favourite hobbies now, so got him to thank for that. Do you play guitar? Yes. Oh, you any good? No, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> Interesting. We've got to get this market today you and sorted out. Band. Yeah, the Marcus today. What would we call ourselves? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Members, why don't you come back to us with a band name? Well, thank you very much, members. We will see you back here tomorrow.